millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always. Boss player. Forever. It's an overreaction Monday, another overreaction Monday. In this edition of Franchise Player, site crossover podcast of the Old Miss Spirit on three. And inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels 247. Hey, buddy. Ben, how are you this morning? I'm it's, good, it's man. It's a good Monday. Yeah, Tulsa week. It's the week we've all been waiting for, right? <clears throat> that comes next week. But um, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, probably the best team Ole Miss will have faced so far. Would you agree with that? Well, we said the same thing before Georgia Tech. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. And Troy looks like they're better than what we thought they were when we played them week one. Um, yeah, just get the first four out of the way and let's start playing SEC football. That, that's the way I see it. Look, Tulsa's got a good offense. They're going to chunk the ball around. They're probably going to score a couple of touchdowns, but that's going to be it. I mean, Ole Miss is going to win this thing. I'm not yet sold on the Rebels offense as a quote-unquote juggernaut just yet because 28 against Troy, 59 against Central Arkansas, you can throw that out of the out of the water, um, 42 against the Georgia Tech team that Ole Miss just ran the ball all over, threw it when they wanted to, and, and, and to, to some extent some success there. But, um, you know, let, let's, uh, let's just handle Troy on Saturday. I mean, uh, Tulsa on Saturday and, and, and start playing SEC football. That's when we're going to find out everything we want to know about this team. Right now, it looks good in certain areas. Um, it looks promising. But um, one more non-conference game to go. Look, Ole Miss absolutely thrashed another Power 5 team at their place. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to say that they're – yes, they ran the ball too, a lot. They committed to it. Um, they really didn't start passing until the third quarter. But I think why everyone is optimistic on this Monday morning is because Jackson Dart, after starting four of nine with an interception, an ugly interception, finished six of seven, I think, for 115 yards. That third quarter was great. And he was it was 20, 28 to nothing. I understand that. They were trying some things. Effectively going with the same strategy as they did against Troy to where they would have kept running the ball had it not been an absolute ass-kicking. And the same kind of thing with Georgia Tech in Atlanta. But Jackson Dart answered the call. You know, I mean, he went out there and did exactly what Lane Kiffin wanted. So it's, it feels different on this Monday compared to that Monday because there are some things for him to build on. So, for the, I mean, if you really want to start in one place for me on overreaction Monday, you want to hear my biggest overreaction? And I've, I've been, said this to multiple people this weekend. Ole Miss well, is going yeah. to be nine and zero going into Alabama. No, I, I said that. I said that back in the preseason. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I said eight and zero going to College Station. That's what I said. Um, I, I, I've definitely changed my my view on that. I think Ole Miss is going to go to College Station eight and zero and leave nine and zero, possibly. I, I, I still got to see everything against. Uh, and maybe it's just a deficiency on my part, but I got to see it work 
against an SEC caliber defense. That, that's what I want to see. I want to see everything come together. I want to see Ole Miss be able to run the ball with authority. I want to see Jackson Dart be able to complete passes when he must. Uh, I like the athleticism Dart showed when getting out of the pocket against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Um, I want to see that against an SEC football team. Uh, Georgia Tech is a, look, hands down, they're a downtrodden program. Um, I was shocked at how you know, bad they, uh, they are. They look awful. They played Clemson okay, but Ole Miss just skull drug them. I, I mean, from start to finish, <clears throat> that game was never in question at all. Um, Jeff Collins is on his way out. I think we all know that. Um, that program's at rock bottom. Um, it was an impressive victory. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it's in the past now. It's time to move forward. You've got a Tulsa team coming in here that's very capable of scoring points. I don't think they'll keep Ole Miss from scoring a lot of points. So, um, you know, that's that. And then the Kentucky Wildcats come to Oxford. Now, I'm not overlooking an opponent. I don't want anybody to think that. But, you know, Kentucky went out there and very methodically whooped Youngstown State on Saturday. Um, you know, they have the big win at Florida. Uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a benchmark test. And, you know, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm looking forward to that. Now, as far as Jackson Dart went, you know, Lane, if he had kid gloves on, he took them off and, you know, kind of slapped up Jackson at halftime over there Saturday. He was very unhappy and Jackson responded, as you pointed out correctly in the way that you want him to respond. He took the coaching, he corrected his mistakes and he looked great in the second half against Georgia tech in a game that was already won. Um, I, I, I want to see Jackson throw for a lot of yards this Saturday. I don't know if we'll get it because I think Ole Miss is going to ride their running game. Uh, to a big lead and then throw it when they want to. But against Kentucky, what I'm saying is there are going to be instances where Ole Miss is going to have to throw it when it has to. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – I think that's the crux of the matter here. Ole Miss has an A-plus running game. Ole Miss has an A-plus defense. Um, Ole Miss needs A-plus quarterback play too. And um, – you know, hey, let's get behind Jackson Dart. I think he's going to start Saturday. I would be dumbfounded if he didn't. And, uh, you know, let's let's push him on across the finish line. And, uh, you know, this job is his. And uh, I think this team goes as far as quarterback play takes it. And I think you said that way back in the spring or summertime that, you know, it's kind of all depending on quarterback play. Oh, for sure. I, I think A-plus defense like you, special teams has been yeah. great. Back How about to, that? Yeah, games with block punts. All phases are there. Running games there. If you just want to kind of get technical, get in, in the weeds with the offense. Offensive line run blocking has been incredible. Pass play oh, yeah. took some steps against Georgia Tech, but it's still Georgia Tech. You want to see that against better competition. Still some problems, though, because uh, Jackson Dart was having to break the pocket and roll out and try to create – um, he did a better job of that in the second half, but I, I just I feel like everything is there. That's why I'm so bullish on this Monday, this overreaction Monday that Ole Miss could be nine and zero going in Alabama because they've checked every single box outside of quarterback through three weeks. They're ba they're effectively going through their preseason and they're doing everything you would want to see against this quality of competition. They can't do anything more. When you go to Georgia Tech, I mean, I mean, it's not that long ago when Ole Miss against a Georgia Tech, no matter how bad they are, it would have been what a thirty-one to twenty-four win. Well, twenty-five seventeen in the Music City Bowl back in twenty thirteen. Exactly. You know? And now you're going to Georgia Tech, and you're not just beating them; you're rolling them, and that's what good programs do. Even when you have your own question marks, you out talent them. And all the other areas where you feel like you're strong enough, they step up while you're still trying to figure it out in your problem areas. And the only real problem area for Ole Miss, and problem area sounds crude or sounds bad, but it's really not. It's just they're in a developmental stage while the rest of the roster is in a win-now stage. 
And I felt like on Saturday, Jackson took steps towards meeting where the rest of the team is as far as winning now. Because yeah. right, he did get he did get lit up a little bit in the, at halftime by Lane Kiffin, and he came out and he responded. And I think about that picture. I can't remember who took it. So it was Josh, Josh McCoy, Ole Miss picture, whoever it was. Um, Jackson standing there on the sidelines. And the game's well out of reach. And all of his offensive linemen are around him. You can yeah. see where he's kind of becoming that. And that's what Ole Miss needs. They need an emerging guy. And he's still going to make mistakes. You're going to have to ride the roller coaster a little bit. But even still, they, they've they done everything to this point, even considering the quality of competition, to encourage you that they can be 9-0 going to Alabama. If that's the case, they have a real shot at something truly special. And if Jackson Dart was still making the same mistakes, or and he was for a lot of the first half, but they weren't really throwing the ball at all. I mean, it was 35 of 44 first half plays were runs. Um, if he hadn't taken positive steps, we'd be still having the same conversation we've been having. But he didn't. He looked different. He looked like he took, he took, excuse me, a notable, significant step against Georgia Tech. And it is Georgia Tech, and you want to see him double up and stack performances like that. So Tulsa's big going into Kentucky. But I'm more encouraged now after that than I was going in because everything else was already there. I'm just happy to see that he took some real positive steps. He was it was like he was cutting loose a little bit, you know. Even well, just and you talk about the the you know okay. You know, the spirit of the game, what fans want to see, really and truly, kind of what coaches want to see, what teammates want to see, Jackson trucking the defensive back yeah. down the field. But that's what look, I was going to do, yeah. He's got to learn. He's got to learn. He's going to have to protect himself. Uh, because uh, trucking a, a DB from Georgia Tech is a little bit different than trying to truck one against Alabama or, or, or really anybody in the SEC. So, you know, we want to see him protect himself. That's uh, that's for sure. But my question to you is, you know, so and, and we're kind of declaring this quarterback race over and it was I think it was a close race and Lane has not declared it over. But, you know, maybe he will. At he Monday's never will. Friday. It'll just we'll just look around and go, oh, we're, wait, Luke Altmaier. We haven't yeah. seen that guy. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, what what happens with Luke Altmaier right now? Because really, Luke had his shot. He got the start against UCA. He started hot. Uh, then he was injured, and uh, things went south. And really and truly, you know, yeah, he got in in the fourth quarter against Georgia Tech. But, I mean, come on. I mean, he threw the ball twice. It was one for two for 22 yards. Um, you know, so the injury played a part, I think, in the quarterback battle. Jackson obviously played a part in it. Um and if it is effectively over, Ben, you know, what happens What happens with Luke Altmaier? That, that's my question. We all know what happens with Luke Altmaier if that's actually okay. the case. But, it okay, but, but, but wait a minute. He's played in three games. So he's got one more game he can play in before uh, this season is not redshirtable. Um, I mean, is there a conversation at some point where – you know, Luke goes, look, I don't want to play any more than four games this year. I'm sure. going to save this season. It would be um, irresponsible on his part to not say that. Uh, I would think so. Is, if it is indeed the case that Jackson Dart is the guy moving forward, Luke should take that approach. It's a professional approach, and everyone with half a brain would understand where he's coming from, and they should be, like, sympathetic to his plight. Now, if, God forbid, something were to happen to Jackson Dart – that's when you're like, okay, this is another opportunity, and we need you. Then does he kind of dig in his heels and say, no, I'm out of here? I don't, I don't know. But I think that's I putting the cart a little bit before the horse because it's not – like you said, Lane Kiffin hasn't come out and definitively said, but I don't think he ever will who his starting quarterback is. I think he'll play out the string and let it kind of unfold organically, and it has done that. And um, the bottom line is this for me with this quarterback battle. All right? The only reason it was really close to begin with is because Jackson couldn't stop throwing the ball to the other team. That's the only reason why. Because as good as I think Luke can be as a quarterback, I don't think he can be that for Ole Miss football. I just don't think he has that kind of high upside or, or high ceiling like a Jackson Dart does. I could be completely wrong. I am I'm not anybody. I'm not a scout. I'm not a college scout or NFL evaluator. I'm not any of those things. But at least from the eye test, and I think a lot of, you know, 
normal, just plain old college football fans or Ole Miss fans out there, they're watching the games too. We have eyes and we can see which one looks like they have a little bit more potential than the other. Having said that, it's not like I don't think Ole Miss could win some games with Luke. I just think they'd be a little bit more capped with Luke than they would with Jackson Dart playing up to his potential. So the only reason for me that it was ever really that close to begin with was because Jackson got here very little time from his transfer from USC, goes out in the spring, turnover prone. I mean, just crazy amounts of turnovers. Didn't really clean it up in August practices. But then, you know, come the fall, come games, he started to do better, and you started to see a little bit of uh, cleaned-up play in that way, still turned the ball over. But now it's as if he is, is he knows exactly what he wants to do once he steps out there now, right? He not only understands the offense and what, he's, and, and what his assignments are and what his reads are, but he also knows, hey, man, I just got to get the hell out of the way sometimes. So you, you said A-plus quarterback play. I don't really think of that. As, as long as he's giving them a no, solid I did, I, Yeah, I, I mean, look. He's going to have – there are going to come times this year where Ole Miss is going to have to throw the football to win a game. Yeah, he's going to have to make a throw in a tight window on a critical third and 11 with the game on the line. Yeah, and look, this Ole Miss team could go 12-0 and 0 if they get B quarterback play. Um, you know, if you want to talk about on a grading scale. Even um, – you even uh, think they could beat Alabama? Uh, yeah, yeah, they could. Absolutely they could. All right. Definitely. Definitely, but it's going to have to come from the quarterback position because sooner or later, let's just take Alabama, for instance, you're going to have a team that goes, we're going to make you beat us with your sophomore quarterback and those wide receivers. We're not going to let you run the ball. A team like Alabama probably has the wherewithal to drastically slow down Alabama, uh, Ole Miss's running game. So that that's going to happen, probably going to happen October 1st against Kentucky. I mean, really and truly, they're going to say, hey, there are yours, here are ours. Let's see who can win this struggle at the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, you're going to have to throw over the top of us if you want to win. And, you know, I, I think that's a formula Ole Miss is going to face a lot this year with the inexperience at the quarterback position. Um, yeah, and now you, you, you talk about this as it's – Got a lot of unfolding left to do in this quarterback battle. I, I disagree with you. I think it's about unfolding. There's not too much more that that can happen in regards to Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer. I think Jackson Dart has won the job. Oh, if I, am, if I in any way uh, led anyone to believe that I thought there was a long way to go, then that was my mistake. That was not my intention because I think it's over too. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, you this is where we're at. Jackson has shown tremendous strides since the Troy game. Just keep it up. Keep yeah, it up. I don't, think he's just, got a, I don't think he's got a masterful control of this Ole Miss offense yet. I think it's getting better with each and every passing week. And, uh, you know, let's let's see what happens. But, you know, it's Tulsa this weekend. Uh, I don't think they've got a great defense. Matter of fact, I know they don't. I expect the Ole Miss offense to set the tone with the run game, throw it when they want to. And, uh, you know, probably beat Tulsa by three, four touchdowns. That's, that's, that's how I see it. Uh, Tulsa's not going to have the offensive success against this Ole Miss defense that they've had in their first three games. Well, that's the formula that Ole Miss has kind of fallen into here. It's by design, so falling into it isn't fair. But defensively, really, really good. Front's been oh. great. Linebackers just solid as hell. And defensively in the backfield, I love the competitive nature of those defensive backs. You know, I, I just feel like, Coming up and run support, DeAndre Prince made a great tackle, for example, one-on-one um, against Georgia Tech in space. And there's just a lot to like about the defense. Well, Offensive I mean, line's good. Here, here's the thing. The, the back end of the Ole Miss defense is really kind of setting the edge for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys are coming up. You're trying to get around the perimeter of the Ole Miss defense, you've got safeties and corners that are coming up and smashing you and smashing you good. And um, – you're, you're exactly right. The back end has been incredible. Linebacker play has been incredible. Ole Miss will be with what without Troy Brown for a half, maybe. Is that right? See, I don't know because he went out in the first half. Is that we should know this because we, we do this for a little bit? You know what? I don't think it carries over. Yeah, I don't think it carries over. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so they'll have Troy Brown. Um, Kari Colmer is concerned there with him because of his ankle injury. It's like a sprain or something. 
Yeah, uh, hopefully he'll be ready to go. If you can't play Corey this week, have him ready for October 1st. But, you know, the defense is much better than what we even anticipated. Uh, you know, we, we were worried about linebacker. There are no concerns there. Uh, really not, as long as everybody stays healthy. I think everything is good. That defensive line, incredible. Look, J.J. Pegues, you can't look at the box score and realize the impact he's making in there up front. Uh, I mean, man, they, they, they've got it. They have got it. This is an, uh, an Ole Miss defensive team that, uh, honestly, if the offense were limited to scoring 28 points a game, I'd still feel pretty darn good. Me too. That's the, yeah, same thing for me. You know, and when you think about the running game and how good they've been in and run protect or run, you know, grading stuff, opening holes and pass pro has been a little up and down. Wide receivers got better separation. Special teams has really come on like back to back punts in, in as many games. Um, yeah. It's just about the quarterback play. So if they found the formula defense, run heavy, they're going to make teams try to stop them first. They're not going to. They're not going to change the formula just because Jackson Dart's flashing. This is the formula. So until a team can show that they can, you know, successfully overcome the formula, they're just going to keep going with it. And Tulsa's going to yeah. be the same thing. They're going to come out and run the ball. Kentucky, same thing. And so far, yes, the level of competition has been not great. That doesn't in any way diminish 300 rushing yards against Georgia Tech and other Power Five teams. Oh. You know, and and we 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 throw trash on that fifty nine three win over Central Arkansas. They lost to Missouri State twenty seven to fourteen. Missouri State should have almost did beat Arkansas in Fayetteville Saturday night. Um, you know, so I don't think they're terrible. It was just a terrible time to come to Oxford and play the Rebels for them. Um, you know, and you're right. We haven't played anybody. Okay. I, I mean, out of those three teams we've played, Troy is probably the best. Um, who should have beaten Appalachian State on Saturday. That but, uh, was so fun, though. Yeah, uh, it was a cool play and a great story. Felt bad for my boy John Summerall, though. They they worked their butts off. They played hard. They tried to win. Um, but – it's almost like a tale of two seasons. You got the four, if you will, preseason games, NFL preseason games, as Lane has described them. And then the real season starts and you're going to be four and oh, going into that, but eight consecutive sec games without a break. Um, You know, that's tough. And, And the soft games, if you will, are at the front end of that, that schedule with Kentucky Vanderbilt and Auburn. And then, then you get into the meat of it where, you know, every weekend it's LSU, it's A&M, it's Alabama, it's Arkansas, it's State. Uh, those are going to be, you know, they're going to be gut checkers. There's no other well, way. Well, we're almost it. a quarter into this thing, and you look at the results of the weekend or the results through three weeks. And last week, both you and I agreed that we felt Ole Miss and Arkansas we're jockeying a little bit for number two but behind Alabama because neither of us have been impressed with Texas A&M. No one has been. LSU, I like Jaden Daniels a lot, by the way. I think he could be a real – Yeah, he's a playmaker. He's trouble. Yeah, he, he's going to be some trouble. Even still, if we're just going off of three weeks and we're overreacting like we do every Monday morning, I feel like right now, this minute, with what we know, Ole Miss is the number two team in the West. In the West, yes. I agree with that. I think I – think... In the conference, I would put them bumping with Tennessee for the third spot. I really would. Uh, this is a very good Tennessee team, obviously. Um, but, you know, you don't play Tennessee until you get to Atlanta. And, uh, and to we'll get to take Atlanta, it. you have to get through Alabama. That, that, that's true. That's true, unless Alabama slips up somewhere along the way and there ends up being a three-way tie or something and we win a tiebreaker. But – Oh, man, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I mean, it is literally – the way the schedule set up this year, it's literally like fall camp has gone all the way through the month of September. Right, exactly. Like October 1st. Yeah, it's like we've had a two-month-long fall camp, and October 1st the season starts. And I'm not dismissing Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa – I am. Gonna, Ole Miss is going to beat the crap out of Tulsa. They, they are. They are. But I, I, I'm not 
dismissing them as an opponent, but you know, four and zero. That's where you had to be. That's where you're going to be. And then Kentucky comes in and uh, Will Levis and his offense and uh, a pretty good Kentucky defense. They they pitched a shutout against FCS member Youngstown State Saturday. Jack West um, Jones, former Ole Miss linebacker, playing well again for him. Yeah, and I mean they've got Chris Rodriguez and Smoke in the backfield, and you know they've got you know they they're proud of their two running backs too. Yeah, so, I, wouldn't tra- I wouldn't trade Zach Evans and Quinshawn Jackson. I would not trade either one of them because I think uh, I was listening to the uh, TV. I had the TV on Saturday night. So I'm working on coverage, and you know one of the ESPN talking heads they're on there talking about, and this Ole Miss backfield may be the best in the SEC. No, they're number one well, right now in rushing offense. If it's the best in the SEC, it's the best in the country. And uh, that that in itself is amazing when you consider Ely left early for the pros, Connor left early for the pros, Henry Parrish followed Kevin Smith to Miami. You lost everything, all your rushing yards, and Lane goes out and rebuilds this thing the way he did. Um, I mean, just super impressive. What if that had not happened? I mean, you, you'd have been in some trouble there. Well, I think that Lane and, and the Ole Miss coaching staff, as far as recruiting the portal, you see, you're seeing the strategy play out right now. They knew that after Dylan Gabriel didn't happen or the more tenured quarterbacks that they chased didn't happen, and they had to go. They had to dip. And, and Jackson Dart had some run as a starting quarterback at USC, but there's not a lot of experience to fall back on. They knew that their quarterbacks were going to be in a little bit of a developmental stage. Maybe initially they thought, well, we got Zach Evans coming in and we got uh, Quinshawn Judkins, but then Ulysses Bentley too. It's like they doubled down on let's make this running game as good as possible. And so far that's been number one in the SEC, which I would agree with you. If it's one number one in the SEC, it's number one in the country, and they're going to keep leaning on it. So it's by design that offensively they started out this way because of where their quarterbacks were and are. The exciting thing is that Jackson Dart took positive steps on Saturday because what I felt about this Ole Miss team going into Georgia Tech has just been, you know, completely amplified to the point where I'm, I've, I'm much more optimistic about claiming, okay, 9-0, and going into Alabama. Now, they still got to win these games, and it's going to be hard. And I, I would fully expect, honestly, if I were a betting man, for them to lose one, maybe two, because that's just what happens. But if we, we can only go by what we know, and what we know is through three weeks, Ole Miss is the number one running offense in the SEC. Jackson Dart has evolved and matured and grown every single game. He's taking positive steps every single game. When he comes in at, from Troy, when he was not good, in the second quarter against Central Arkansas, leads them on a field goal, and then just blows it up in the second half. Just unreal in Central Arkansas. But can you carry that over? to Georgia Tech. It was not so long ago that Ole Miss football, it doesn't matter if Georgia Tech is on the cusp of firing its coach, if Georgia Tech is a downtrodden program. It it just Ole Miss would go into that game and it would be close and the, the score would be in doubt. And now they're treating Georgia Tech, who has national championships, multiple national championships on their ledger as a warm-up. Ole Miss football is in a different place today than it's probably ever been before. Ole Miss athletics program is in a different place than it ever has been before. I mean, you're talking about a school now that is performing the way we all think it should. Two national titles in the last two years, women's golf, baseball. I mean, so year three. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. 
0186 and tell them that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. The NFL season is two weeks old and it just keeps getting better and better. Sunday was so fun. The Jets coming back against the Browns, the Dolphins coming back against the Ravens, the Cardinals coming back against the Raiders. The action has been wild and you need to get in on it with my bookie, whether you're a veteran better or a first timer, my bookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account and you can use your funds to bet instantly on as many games, contests, and props as you want. I mean, can you imagine the late game props in those three games, just those three games and how much fun you'd had on Sunday. So claim your bonus, register today and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, designed to add more excitement to the games and sports you love. Bet on team win totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, or use the MyBookie prop builder and secure the bag. Your winning season begins today exclusively at MyBookie with promo code TOC for Talk of Champions. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car? Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask Brian or Mason to tell them to Talk of Champions sent you because now Talk of Champions actually makes sense. Ole Miss Baseball won a national championship and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door. They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the national champion. Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So are you saying, David Johnson, that your biggest overreaction from the weekend is Ole Miss is a national championship contender? No, 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 right. not going. And I didn't, I didn't say in football. <laughs> I, I, listen, listen, the schedule has been weak. We knew it was weak. We were calling it weak in July. 
Um, oh, we were calling a week in January or whatever. Exactly. So they have really performed where they're supposed to be performing, I think, to this point. So what I'm saying is that, um, you know, just don't be surprised at success. I mean, I mean, Lord, I've been an Ole Miss fan since I was born in 1971. And, you know, I couldn't wait for every third or fourth year in the eighties because it meant Ole Miss was going to go six and five and go to a bowl game. You know, I mean, and then it was going to be three years of starvation. Um, it's not that way any longer. And, and it's not that way with football. It, it, it's not middle of the pack with baseball any longer. You're, you're, you're the, the national champions. You're, you're seeing uh, the golf golf teams, both men and women's, swinging hard and swinging towards championships. The the soccer program's a top 15 program. Got a huge win on the road at Kentucky Friday. Congrats to Matt Mott. Um, you know, it, you probably want tennis to, to, to find its way back to where it once was, where it was competing nationally. Uh, but, I, I mean, overall, I mean, this is like the best time ever to be an old Miss Rebel. Now I wasn't alive in 59 and 60 and 62 when uh, Ole Miss laid share of claim to national titles in football. But man, I mean, I mean, they're, they're kicking it now. This is not your daddy's old Miss. It, it's really not. And uh, you know, don't be surprised at whatever happens on the success meter. That's all I'm saying, Ben. What's the floor? After three weeks, what's the floor? Well, uh, the floor for this football team after three weeks, I, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I still think the floor is kind of, kind of in that seven and five range. I mean, we we've covered enough football; we know things can go south. You know, somebody gets injured, a couple of somebodies get injured, uh, that plays a big part. So, you know, it, it's hard to forecast the future. Um, but if everybody stays healthy, I don't think you're going to be anywhere near that floor. Um, well, the point I was people making do, is I look at floor. some of these bowl projections out there. Where, where is Ole Miss getting projected by the way? Uh, the Liberty bowl versus Kansas was what Jerry Palm has them this week. So that means one thing that means a Jerry Palm hasn't watched Ole Miss play football yet. And B, um, he's not a believer that they can run through this uh, schedule. He would pick Arkansas ahead of Ole Miss right now. Um, well, it's not just Arkansas. It's Mississippi State. It's LSU. I mean, if Ole Miss is playing Kansas in the Liberty Bowl, I'll just stick with Jerry Palm in, in college basketball because he's the best. Football, come on. Tell me you haven't watched Ole Miss football without telling me you haven't watched Ole Miss football. Yeah, for real. I mean – you know, and I, I've tried to watch everybody in the SEC. And right now, I honestly would put Ole Miss third if I were doing power rankings, one through 14. It would be Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Tennessee tied for third. And, uh, you know, when you get into that fourth, you kind of get in murky waters. I'd probably go Kentucky. And then Arkansas maybe fifth. Um, those would probably probably be my top five right there. Well, it's um, not so long ago that I remember Ole Miss taking 30,000 people to the Birmingham Bowl. Seven and oh, five, yeah. just getting seven and five was a celebration. Ole Miss would pack out Nashville for the Music City Bowl. We don't have to think like that no more, peoples. We don't have to because that's not where this Ole Miss football team is. So a lot of that Jerry Palm stuff, maybe he hasn't watched every single game because, of course, he can't. he can't. He's a human being. And if he hasn't, he's going, he's making these predictions, these judgments off of new information, yes, but also there's some, you know, long held biases there. And Ole Miss has always been a particular program, and now it is not. And it's yeah, hard. You know, it's hard when you've thought about it in one particular way your entire life. I'm right there with you, Ole Miss fan. I, I've I've felt the same kind of things. All right. I thought the same kind of things. Volmus could just get six, seven wins. And then maybe in three years, you get the right quarterback. Eli's coming. Remember when Ole Miss was getting blown out by West Virginia 
in the Music City Bowl, and Rose replaced by Eli. And Eli almost brings them all the way back. It was the promise of the future and the hope for the future. Y'all don't have to hope no more. This Ole Miss football team is good. And it's a, it's time to change. Like, Lane Kiffin isn't going, well, if we can just get to six, seven. He's thinking, oh, we're going to try to win every single game we play. We got, the, we got the talent to do it. And Lane Kiffin is the brand now. I've said this so many times. Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss football. And if Lane Kiffin, who is Ole Miss football, is telling you, yeah, he's going to be measured and say, well, they got to clean this up, clean that up. But he's not going into games thinking, oh, well, we got to have some things break right. He believes he can beat anybody he's calling an offense against. He believes his team, if it plays to its potential, can win. This isn't little defeatist Ole Miss. So if, if you're still thinking Liberty Bowl or, oh, well, this has got to go right now, screw that. They've gone through three, week, three weeks with Troy. And Troy, is, you know, back in the early 2000s, used to be a team that was a trap game. Or Central Arkansas, whatever, they suck. Um, Georgia Tech, going to Georgia Tech. If Ole Miss had come out of Georgia Tech winning 34 to 22 to, you know, 31 to 25, I don't know. Pick your score. I would agree that, hey, maybe we need to pop, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. We don't know yet if this Ole Miss team can fully realize it. But everything else is already there, David. Defensively, it's there. It's there. Special no, it teams is. There. It's just it uh, not, not to change your train of thought, but I do want to get your thoughts. So Mississippi State goes to LSU Saturday night, and in all of its high octane, everything offense scores 16 points against the Tigers. Um, lose they lose the game 31 16. Uh, your thoughts on where the Mississippi State program is? Because I was thoroughly impressed with them after two weeks. Not so much now that they go into Death Valley and the Tigers came back from a deficit and defeated them on Saturday night. Your thoughts? I don't. I don't think they're a threat. I don't. And if they beat Ole Miss this year, it'll probably get played back on Ole Miss message boards that Ben said he doesn't think Mississippi State's a threat, but I don't. And, you know, I was asked on this podcast, um, we're doing this hypothetical game. And um, this was back when the Ole Miss quarterback battle was really – it wasn't pretty, all right? It was like, golly, the only thing seemingly holding this Ole Miss team back is its quarterback play. And that's before Jackson Dart. And that speaks to kind of the culture we live in now. It's got to give it to me now. Got to give it to me now. It's hard – to be patient and wait for things to develop. And yeah, Jackson and credit Dart, for Lane Kiffin because he has been patient with both of those quarterbacks. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Lane Kiffin has handled this absolutely correct. Even playing these guys, alternating these guys' starts to start the year because he was afforded that luxury. He knew what he had as far as talent with this Ole Miss football team. So take your time. Don't rush to a decision and give these guys equal run. It's unfortunate that Luke tweaked his shoulder, but even still – you said he started hot against Central Arkansas. I wasn't overly impressed, but I wasn't overly impressed with Jackson Dart against Troy. The first time I thought, wow, that's some good, positive, strong steps forward was in the second half of Central Arkansas. And then I, of course, had the question, well, can you do it against Georgia Tech? It's a step up in competition from Central Arkansas and seemingly Troy, but now we both agree, Troy could beat that Georgia Tech team. They could. They've got actually got, got pretty good quarterback play, just John Summer. Yeah, we, we talked about that last week, and I told yeah. you I would – have Troy as a as a nine point dog on the road, nine or ten points to George, going to Georgia Tech. Uh, I would have Troy as a four point favorite going to Georgia Tech now. Yeah, I mean Georgia I really, Tech. Oh man, I I didn't know it was that bad. I, I will fully admit I did not watch or have not watched any Georgia well, Tech football. I just went by what Georgia I thought. Tech. It's that it's like I said with Jerry Palm and oh well, it's Ole Miss. Well, it's Georgia anybody, Tech. So I'm thinking Georgia Tech, you know, they've been comparable to Ole Miss for so long. They've got more national titles. that watched Georgia Tech play Clemson, you left there with a feeling, okay, Georgia Tech's not terrible. They played Clemson for two and a half quarters. Clemson is not that good of a football team. And I looked at their schedule this morning. Matter of fact, I've still got it pulled up. Clemson may very well go undefeated. If they can get by Notre Dame, on November 5th, and Miami on November 19th, Clemson's going to probably be 12-0. and 0. They're going to be in the college football playoffs. And they're if not you're Miami, you can't go play like that against Texas A&M. That was your chance to really get national, you know, pub and love, and you went and laid an egg against a team that you're supposed to be 
right now on the same level as and it wasn't really competitive, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now that's not to say Clemson, Clemson still got to play. They got to play Wake Forest. Wake's Wake's pretty decent, and they go to Wake. They they play yeah, NC State. Freezing Liberty almost this weekend though. Liberty's not any good. Talking about Wake Forest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Wake Forest not an easy out. But uh, uh yeah, I'll, I'll pick it right now. Clemson's going to go twelve and zero, and they're not that good. They beat no Clemson beat Louisiana Tech this weekend. I think forty eight to twenty was the uh, was the final score. I'll there. put it they, this they, way: I feel like Ole Miss and Clemson would be a fun game today. And, uh, no, I, I'd favor Ole Miss by ten against Clemson. I really would. I, yeah. I mean, what, what Clemson? Clemson hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Not this year. And I don't, I, I mean, you know, again, though, I think you're going to see Dabo Sweeney and Clemson be 12 and 0 due to an ACC schedule. And, um, you know, they'll be in the college playoffs and they'll lose in the first round. Well, answering your question about Mississippi State, I was asked um, on the podcast, would you trade Zach Evans for Will Rogers? And yes, yes, he's a tenured quarterback and Ole Miss is only a quarterback away. And I felt like Jackson Dart was that far away. Now, no chance. No chance, because watching Will Rogers and watching Mississippi State against LSU, if you fancy yourself a team that's on the verge of real contention, that's a game you go win. You go win that game, yeah, uh, especially if you've got a quarterback who's three years in and you've got an offense with a bunch of guys who've been in the system for a while. And granted, they might not have next-level players like LSU has, certainly not. But you're supposed to go win that game. You're supposed to go if – you, if you feel as if – you have everything in place. So I get why Mississippi State fans will be frustrated, but I will say it just shows where Ole Miss is and how much better of a place it is right now because these two schools, these in-state hated, heated in-state rivals, both made coaching changes in the same time frame. One felt more reactionary, Mississippi State, and hiring Mike Leach, trying to make a splash because Ole Miss wouldn't hire Lane Kiffin. Okay, well, one is, in my opinion, obviously going in a different direction than the other. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, I'm telling you, I don't give a shit what Mississippi State is doing. I don't care. And that's another thing that everyone is having to change their, their mindsets on. It's, you know, no longer is it can they get to seven wins? Can they get to the Music City Bowl? And then get the next Eli Manning, and they'll go win 10 games in three years. Or, well, it's going to come down to the egg ball. No, Mississippi State is now just a bump along a bigger road, a more important consequential road and if Ole Miss fans can think of it that way not worry about what they're doing because it doesn't matter what they're doing um and what they're doing is really not doing anything to impress you then Ole Miss you'll you'll kind of get on the same play the same plane the same thinking plane as Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin is not one he came in and was dropped into a, a culture that was in no way like his own personality I'm talking about Ole Miss he's always thought oh I can beat anybody I can scheme and win against anybody doesn't matter. He's always been cocky in that way, which you have to be. It's a cutthroat business. If you're going out there and going, well, I just hope the boys have a good time, you're just setting yourself up to lose, right? And Ole Miss has always been like, well, I hope the boys had a good time and then they can win the Music City Bowl. Lincoln was like, screw that. Let's go win. Why not Ole Miss? And now they're in that place. I would not trade Zach Evans. I wouldn't trade anybody for anybody on Mississippi State's roster because I look at Ole Miss's roster and I see a quarterback who's taking steps, and now I'm like, okay, all right, they can really win. Ben wins the time of possession in this podcast. Okay, I'll go ahead and uh, and give him that. But I agree. There has never been a time where Mississippi State is so inconsequential in the football rivalry between the two schools. Lane does not really go head-to-head with State for players when he's out there recruiting because he's recruiting nationwide. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State cannot recruit nationwide. They cannot do it. They, their brand is not big enough. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm not throwing stones. I'll probably get a few chump back at me, but but that's just the truth. I mean, Ole Miss can go into California and get a quarterback. They can go into Utah and get a quarterback. They went into um, Utah, David. Their starting quarterback is from Utah. That just yeah, never I mean, happened in the old days. You can go anywhere. You can go to New Jersey, Philadelphia, not Mississippi. Oh, that's Where, a great point. Their number one running back is the former number one overall running back in his class 2020, a five-star. Quinshawn Judkins came from Alabama. Davison Igbenosin, a dynamic true freshman. The fact that we haven't even mentioned Davison Igbenosin is a testament to how good or solid Davison Igbenosin has been. Because if you're not calling him out, 
cornerbacks, the only way they can really call them out outside of, you know, creating turnovers, interceptions, is if they get their ass kicked. And he's just competed his tail off. He came much, from New Jersey. Much like the offensive lineman. Exactly. But, you know, the holes um, they opened on Saturday were ridiculous. Absolutely. And, and yet, I mean, I'm reading our message board, and it's like, God dang, we got to get better in pass protection. We were all right running the ball, but we got to get better in pass protection. Well, you're right. They do have to get better, yes. But, 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 but I mean, listen. But. You've got a helmet on. You're going 100 snaps a game. You're doing everything you can, every single play. Just give the guys a hand sometime. Applaud them. I mean, you 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 dominated the line of scrimmage. Okay, there were you ran few- the ball thirty five of forty four times in the first half, and you led twenty one to nothing against another Power Five team at their home. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know there were a few fish who got loose. That they're always going to be fish getting loose. Everybody lets fish loose. There are sacks in every NFL game every single Sunday. Uh, so you know, don't be so hard on them. They're getting there. And they've got all the potential we told all during the month of August. This is a very, very good group. When you got a guy like Nick Broker, you got a guy like Jeremy James, you got Caleb Warren. Hey, that's a solid nucleus right there. Eli Acker's very talented. Jaden Williams is obviously very talented. And even um, guys like depth guys like Mason Brooks and Micah Pettis have both been really good so far they have. in their both roles. Played, both played extensively set. Mm-hmm. You're playing with seven guys, sometimes even eight up front, uh, at three games into the season. Feel good about that. Saving some miles on some of those snaps for some of those starters. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, like, David, how can we not appreciate this? I remember the first year of Hugh Freeze, they had all five of their start, starting offensive linemen. Worst played. offensive line in the history of the SEC. But they played every single game because they could not afford to get hurt. Emmanuel McCray. Exactly. His knees, God bless him, stayed healthy enough to play 12, 13 games and almost went and won the Birmingham Bowl. But you were just crossing your fingers, your toes, your legs, praying that none of those guys went down because there was nobody behind them. Micah Pettis would have probably been the best – off. no, not probably. He would have been the best offensive lineman on that offensive line. Yeah, that was Evan Swindoll and um, oh what was it, Jared Duke and guys like that. And, and, and Jared Duke was a really, really solid offensive lineman. But with this offensive line, I mean, who who would he start over? Nobody, nobody. I mean, and that's just kind of uh, where you're at right now. Or but, he'd be competing, yeah. with, you know, competing with Mason. It'd be the same thing with Mason Brooks. I think Jared Duke and Mason Brooks are a lot alike. Good offensive linemen. It just shows the competitiveness of the room and how Ole Miss is in a different contention window we've gone this long and you still haven't told me your biggest overreaction from the weekend give me your number one overreaction it could be Ole Miss it could be anything what's your biggest overreaction this Monday Auburn is a really bad football team and um Brian Harson is on his way out that job is coming open at the end of this year and I know a lot of people already, well, we already knew that. No, now you really know it now. Because if there's anything that uh, ruffles the feathers of an, old, of, of an SEC fan base, it's a Big Ten team coming into your house and whooping you the way Penn State whooped Auburn on Saturday. Um, that's my biggest overreaction. Because uh, that's Auburn supposed job. to be a big game. I mean, Auburn and Penn State should be a big game. And it Absolutely. Didn't feel that way at all. It was it was it was a big game. It was, and it did not feel like that. Um, it really kind of felt like Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, to be honest with you. It was very lopsided, very one sided. Exactly what I was going to uh, say. It felt like Ole Miss Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. And, and and to be honest with you, uh, you know, Harson, uh, I, I guess you let him coach the rest of the season. You you've got to pay him. Uh, but they that, that was, they just got to hope that he goes to Arizona State. There, there, there will be an opening at Auburn one way or the other. And then, uh, you know, it would not surprise me at all, and I don't think it would surprise you either, if uh, our old buddy Hugh Freeze uh, oh. is talked very highly about that job. Uh, and, oh. and, no, he will talk highly about his potential fit at that job. He is not going to be considered at all. I thought you were going in a different direction because John Talty, 
wrote it for AL.com. Lane Kiffin was the hire for Auburn. I'm like, man, this doesn't feel Lane no. is not Auburn. Auburn is Auburn is Auburn is Oxford in South Alabama without the culture and class. And, and, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get nailed from opposing SEC fan bases after this podcast, but that's the truth. I mean, they've got a drugstore on the corner with some trees that what's his name from Alabama killed many years Harvey ago. Oh my God. Harvey murdering trees this late in the Har- Har- Harvey Updike with the worst, worst classless move in the history of college football. Um, but but that's Auburn. I mean, I, I don't think Lane is interested in going to Auburn. Not now, not this year. Was he go sure two years ago? Yes. Is he now? I don't think so. I agree so, with that. Hey, that's the thing. You and I talked about this before. Um, when Lane mentioned in that press conference, said those really, really nice things about his uh, kind of evolution at Ole Miss and how Ole Miss – or he needed Ole Miss more than Ole Miss needed him. And you have to view that through one of two lenses. One, he's saying that because he did a lot of good in three years and it's time to step away at the end of the year. And Ole Miss, I want you to always love me, but I don't see it that way at all. I feel it's genuine. He's really settled in at Ole Miss, and we've talked about that before. And when he said these comments a couple weeks ago, we, we've had this, a little bit of this conversation. Now, after his first year, Auburn was making a coaching change, and he wanted that job. He pursued it. And, and, and it's not a bad thing to admit it or to acknowledge it. I know a lot of Ole Miss how dare you? it happen? We, 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 we know what happened, David. You and I talked about it. We reported it, for Christ's sake. I mean, it happened. Um, but two years later – the relationship of Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin is in a completely different place to where it'll take something legitimately next-level special. Maybe an NFL team comes along and hands him the keys and says go, and then, of course, he'll go. But for Auburn, Auburn and Ole Miss are in different places completely, and Auburn fans and, and boosters will never acknowledge that they've created or they've kind of torpedoed their own program to where Ole Miss is ahead of you right now, but that's where it is. That's where it is. Because Ole Miss has a deliberate strategy as a transfer portal um, program, they like preeminent transfer portal program. Like they built their entire recruiting strategy around it. They wear hoodies that say transfer to the SIP or step up or what is it? Show up or transfer, right? Like they, they own it. They have a, a deliberate design targeted strategy. And it all comes from Lane Kiffin. And Ole Miss has allowed Lane Kiffin to do whatever he wants. They've given him complete carte blanche. So the idea that Auburn thinks, oh, well, we're better than Ole Miss. Well, not in 2022, you're not. And for a head coach that would really change the culture, why would he go there? Ole Miss has given him everything he wants, and they will pay him whatever he says he needs, and he still might leave. But he ain't going to leave for Auburn. Nope, I agree. I agree. So we'll, we'll squelch that talk. But, you know, to me, my biggest overreaction, Brian Harson sold his fate. He is not coaching that team next year, whether Arizona State offers him a job or not. Something's going to happen there. Yeah. Not, not, they, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to tolerate that. Nor should they. What's your early score prediction for Ole Miss Tulsa? Forty-eight, seventeen, somewhere around there. Yeah. I kind of think that's about right. Ole Miss defensively has now held eight straight opponents to twenty-one points or less. This is a far cry from the Wesley McCriff defenses where Ryder Anderson was covering a wheel route. <laughs> I have a flashback to uh, Kadir Shepard going in the press conference that day, and somebody asked him a question about McGriff and the defense, and Kadir, who was never short on words, um, he basically said, look, I'm out there and I'm looking at Coach McGriff on the sidelines. Sometimes he's giving me a signal sometimes it's like he signals in two seconds after they snap the ball. How can we get the defense where it's supposed to be when we don't get the signs in? And I'm like, well, that's telling it the way it is right there. No, no. Uh, Remember we were told they just had to get their eyes in the right place. (laughs) The eyes, eyes wrong, fits bad. Uh, You know, Wesley had this whole uh, spiel. And then the night after the egg bowl loss here in Oxford, at the press conference, Nick Suss starts it off with adding Wesley. Um, what do you think? Uh, what's your tomorrow like? What are your plans? And, and I mean, that's a great way to ask. 
everybody in the room is thinking, well, Wesley, your ass is fired tomorrow. And, uh, and Wesley was just so taken aback that he would have been asked that question. You know, I, I mean, of course you're going to get asked a question. And Nick asked it in the softest, sweetest way. Wesley, what's your tomorrow like? What are you expecting? And I mean, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm coming up here and coaching football tomorrow. That's what I'm doing. Well, no, you didn't because you got fired. Oh, but, man. you know, yeah, that was just, uh, you know what? Hugh Freeze hired Wesley. You thought, okay, he's probably not the guy I want for my defense coordinator. But he'll recruit. He'll recruit. And if he gets good enough players in here, that'll make up for the deficiency Wesley may have as a defensive coordinator. Well, it didn't. Dave, Wesley you, got know, you know what it is? Chris Partridge is what Hugh Freeze thought Wesley McGriff was going to be. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know how. No, recruiter. Because, I mean, this is the first time Chris Partridge has been the primary calling the defense, and he's been awesome. It's been fun. They've been multiple. Yeah. They've got disruptors at every single level of the defense. There's just so much love about this defense. But that's, that's what he thought. He thought, oh, well, I'm going to hire Wesley. He's, he's never called a defense before. He's never been the primary. Uh, but he can recruit, and he'll just get enough talent. And it's all about Jimmy's and Joe's more than X's and O's. And yet Chris Partridge is fulfilling that prophecy. It just took a competent head coach. Well, and, if um, you have Jimmy's and Joe's and you're not signaling in the X's and O's, <laughs> that's an issue. And, uh, I mean, and, and literally – you know, as Shepard said that, uh, there's these visions going off my head where I could see it happening. I could see Kadir Shepard on the field. I literally saw this, shoulders shrugged. Hey, what do we do? And Wesley over there, I don't know what he's looking like, but not not getting it in on time. And, and, and I'm like, man, you know, the communication issues, that's just horrible. And Wesley liked to say a lot of the times, We've got to communicate better, but he never said I got to communicate better with my defense, and that ended up being the issue. One and one of the issues. It's just it's remarkable to think how bad it was in 2017. It just went all the NCAA stuff, not having to overpay. I think they had to pay Wesley like three million dollars or something crazy. Uh, Phil yeah. Longo having to pay Phil Longo now. You can make the argument, well, Hugh should have stuck with Dave Walmack and certainly with Dan Werner, but he didn't. Whatever. Bottom line is Ole Miss is completely different culturally, and it all comes back to how Lane Kiffin has rubber-stamped this program in every area of his program with the Lane Kiffin you know, stamp of approval. He's the one that's created this culture of Ole Miss. Is no, you can no longer think of Ole Miss as just, oh, well, they're a fun little story. No, you better take them seriously because they'll kick your ass, and it's awesome. It is, it is. All right, well, look, we got to wrap it up, but I want to say this. Look, man, love your fellow Rebel. We're all in this together. We're all pulling on the same team here. We all want the same things to happen. Um, so y'all quit fighting on message boards and stuff like that. No sense in it. Is that directed at someone in particular? No, 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 just uh -huh. a general thought. I answered my uh, – direct messages this morning and it was so-and-so oh, is saying this and so-and-so is slandering me by saying this and you know uh i've never said that and blah 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 this is their days of our lives for most of the people that are on our message boards the drama <laughs> is what they love no yeah you know what though that is you know, that the, is the drugs i do most of the people that are on our message boards only read Oh, you know, from a percentage of people that, that true. versus the percentage of subscribers and the people who never say a word, it's it's unbelievable. People don't believe me. No, that's when I true. tell them, hey, hey, there are there are not but a couple hundred, three hundred or so people who post on every major message board. That's it. The other ninety percent, they read. They're there for the information and the entertainment the message board provides them. So y'all keep on posting. But, but those 300, those 300 posting and hating each other, oh, that's really it, good entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. But, but you know, I, I was having a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago about this very thing, and he was complaining about some of the posters. And I was like, look, believe it or not, and people don't believe this, 
90% of our subscribers, people that pay us $10 a year, never, ever, ever post. We want them to. We want them to. We encourage you to. And, and, and anybody that posts on my site, you know, nobody's just going to jump right on you. We're not going to tolerate that stuff. But, you know, so say what you want to say. Be free about it. Join the party. But, but that's a fact, Ben. It's a fact. Most don't post. Hey, if you want to join the Ole Miss Message Board communities, this is not a ringing endorsement, but we encourage you to do so at the Ole Miss Spirit and Inside the Rebels. Mine is on three. His is 247. He's David Johnson at Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben, we'll do it again, man. A good one. I'll talk to you soon. Love your fellow Rebels. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.